The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigham with you on this Wednesday, July twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. You're listening to the Beijing Hour live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, Boris Johnson will be the next UK Prime Minister. Chinese authorities have warned the U.S. about interfering in China's internal affairs regarding the city of Hong Kong.、And、the Chinese government says it'll safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the country's companies. In business, innovations in China's pilot free trade zones. In sports, 200-meter freestyle gold for China at the FINA World Championships. In entertainment, opera The Grand Mansion Gate will be staged in Guangzhou later this month. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. Premier Li Keqiang's wrapped up an inspection of Shanghai during his trip on Monday and Tuesday. Li called on the city to make fresh achievements in opening up innovation and high-quality growth. He encouraged enterprises to take an active part in international market competition while urging the government to improve its services. Former Chinese Premier Li Peng's died in Beijing. He passed away on、uh, Monday at the age of 91. He served as the chair of the National People's Congress Standing Committee from 1998 to 2003. Before that, he served as the country's premier for 10 years. A group of journalists from 24 countries, including Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and Iran, visited Xinjiang earlier this month. The nine-day trip included stops at religious institutions, communities, and vocational education and training centers. The journalists were briefed about the region's efforts in fighting terrorism and advancing social and economic progress. Plagued by terrorism since the 1990s, Xinjiang's、uh, seen no such violent crimes in 30 months. North Korean leader Kim Jong Un's urged more efforts to bolster the country's military capabilities during an inspection of a newly built submarine. The country's media didn't specify when and where the inspection occurred, but said the submarine's operational deployment is near at hand. The disclosure of a new submarine comes a week after Pyongyang lodged a protest against expected military drills between Washington and Seoul, which the North views as an invasion rehearsal. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. Three minutes past the hour, Boris Johnson will be the next UK Prime Minister after a comfortable victory in the Conservative Party's leadership race. He says he's going to deliver Brexit while uniting the country. And Ollie Barrett reports from London. Boris Johnson says he's raring to go. We are going to energise the country. We're going to get Brexit done on October the 31st. We're going to take advantage of all the opportunities that it will bring in a new spirit of can-do. The former mayor of London was a comfortable winner over his rival, the Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt. Conservative Party members have chosen Boris Johnson as their new leader, and he will therefore also become UK Prime Minister. And we are once again going to believe in ourselves and what we can achieve. And like some slumbering giant, we are going to rise and ping off the guy ropes of self-doubt and negativity with better education, better infrastructure, more police, fantastic full fibre broadband sprouting in every household. We are going to unite this amazing country. 
EU officials have sent congratulations to Boris Johnson while reiterating their position that they won't renegotiate the Brexit deal his predecessor agreed with them. But US President Donald Trump believes the incoming Prime Minister can succeed where Theresa May failed. We have a really good man is going to be the Prime Minister of uh, the UK now, Boris Johnson. Good man. He's tough and he's smart. Uh, they're saying Britain Trump. They call him Britain Trump and people are saying that's a good thing. That They like me over there. That's what they wanted. That's what they need. That's what they need. He'll get it done. Boris is good. He's going to do a good job. Boris Johnson will have a wafer-thin majority in Parliament. Some of his own Conservative MPs say they will try and block him if he tries to deliver a so-called no-deal Brexit. Opposition Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn says Boris Johnson doesn't have the support of the country and there should be an election. And Mr Corbyn says he'll hold a confidence vote in the government to try and force a general election, but he won't say when. We'll decide when that will be. It'll be an interesting surprise for all of you. We will do a motion of no confidence at a time of our choosing. On Wednesday, Theresa May will see the Queen to step aside as Prime Minister. Boris Johnson will be asked to form a government. He'll then walk into Downing Street as Britain's Prime Minister. Ollie Barrett, CRI, London. And for more on Brexit under Boris Johnson's leadership, CRI's Goanna earlier spoke with Dennis Campbell, founder and editor of UK Progressive magazine. How he's going to conduct the Brexit and how likely are we going to see a hard Brexit or no deal Brexit from European Union as promised by Johnson before the end of October? Well, but you know, Bojo wants to prorogue or suspend Parliament so that he can do whatever he wants. So there's a lot of opposition in Parliament to a no-deal Brexit, and and his backbenchers now are looking at this, and and, and particularly members of the House of Lords, they're already fighting against this draconian uh, step. They, that this is the move of dictators to suspend Parliament and do what you want to do, and I think. When the heat is on in October, we'll see how many, though, do cave to his wishes. And the correct thing to do is to order up a second vote, and then the Queen, as head of state, could ask the EU for a delay. But because he's ruffled so many feathers in Brussels, I don't honestly know what's going to happen. And, you know, you mentioned a timeline a few seconds ago. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the timeline is ridiculous. I mean, he's going to take office late in the day tomorrow. And then Thursday, Parliament goes away for the summer, and we're 100 days away today from mm-hmm. the actual decision on Brexit. So God only knows what's going to happen. Mm. Many lawmakers will block Johnson trying to take Britain out of the EU without a deal. Will they succeed? Because uh, around 12 ministers will resign if, as they said before, if Boris Johnson were elected as the new prime minister. Well, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Bojo and the Tory leadership do not understand Brexit. They take this Churchillian view, the sun shall never set on the British Empire, when in fact they're one of 28 nations, and any one of the 27 nations that are staying in the EU Mm -hmm. can veto the deal. And if it goes on much longer, they're just going to say, we've had enough of this, and they just toss the UK out. Meanwhile, grocery prices are rising, petrol prices are rising. Companies have been relocating from the U.K. to the Netherlands, to Germany and France ahead of Brexit. And manufacturing here in the U.K. is hemorrhaging across the nation. And, you know, Nero and the Tories are fiddling around the power-mad edges, and they're not really addressing any of the issues, thinking that as we get closer to the brink at the end of October, we'll be able to dictate the terms. No, 27 nations, any one of Mm. them can turn around and say, that's not going to happen. 
That's Dennis Campbell, founder and editor of UK Progressive Magazine, speaking with Sierra's Ga Anna. Mainland authorities are urging the United States to stop sending wrong signals regarding the illegal acts in Hong Kong. The statement came after the U.S. State Department asked the Hong Kong government to respect freedom of speech and assembly amid a series of violent incidents recently. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Hua Chunyan. China will never tolerate any foreign forces meddling in Hong Kong affairs, nor allow any foreign forces to disrupt Hong Kong. We urge the United States to pull back their outstretched hands from Hong Kong as early as possible. Uh, the um, Hua says the recent incidents of extreme violence in Hong Kong seriously challenged the bottom line of the one country, two systems principle, and that they have nothing to do with freedom of speech and assembly. She says the central government supports the Hong Kong police in punishing the perpetrators of illegal violence. The spokesperson also adds that Hong Kong residents now enjoy unprecedented rights and freedoms, which depend on a safe and stable social environment. The office of the commissioner of the Foreign Ministry of Hong Kong has also issued a statement saying the U.S. claimed that the region's autonomy is being eroded is based on prejudice. It calls on the U.S. to abandon double standards and stop interfering in China's internal affairs. The Chinese government says it'll safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the country's companies. It made the statement after U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced sanctions on Chinese firm Zhuhai Zhenrong and its chief executive for violating a U.S. ban and sanctions on Iranian oil. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Hua Chunying stresses that normal and legal cooperation between Iran and the international community, including China, must be respected and protected. And she calls on the U.S. side to correct wrong practices and stop implementing unilateral sanctions. Official figures show that China's newly introduced tax cuts and fee reductions have saved businesses around 1.2 trillion yuan, or around 170 billion U.S. dollars, in the first half of this year. The new figures follow another round of tax cuts earlier in the year, and CRI's Guoyan has more. The figures released by the State Taxation Administration show the private sector has gained the most from this year's tax reforms, with over 670 billion yuan of taxes reduced during the period. Chai Zili, a senior official at the State Taxation Administration, said the tax cuts have helped to bolster economic growth. The tax cuts have reduced the burden on companies, and the corporate earnings have increased. Second, the reform of individual taxes has helped increase household income and fostered consumption. Companies that made efforts in research and development enjoyed more tax deductions, which helped spur a new driving force for growth. In the first half of the year, tax breaks have saved small businesses 116 billion yuan. The taxation spokesman said the tax cuts have significantly enhanced business vitality and increased market confidence, and a range of sectors have benefited from the reforms. Industries with a 16% tax rate, like manufacturing and the retail sector, benefited most from the tax reforms and saw their total tax burden cut by 88%. The transportation sector saved over 2 billion yuan from the tax cuts. Telecommunications and the modern services sector altogether had a 20 billion yuan reduction in taxes. China's economy grew by 6.3% in the first half of the year, in line with the government's annual target of 6 to 6.5%. 
The government has rolled out massive tax breaks for small firms and individuals earlier this year in a bid to foster business growth and to boost domestic consumption in order to maintain the country's stable growth target for the year amidst new downward pressure and economic headwinds. Analysts say the full effect of this year's massive tax cuts will likely reach its peak in the third quarter, supporting corporate profitability and consumption growth. For CRI, this is Guo Yan. Stats show that China's industrial growth maintained uh, stable uh, in, or was uh, stable in the first half of this year. The added value of the country's industrial enterprises, with annual revenue of over 20 million yuan, or roughly three million U.S. dollars, grew by six percent year on year in the first six months. The added value of China's manufacturing sector increased by 6.4 percent year on year during the period. The country's private industrial enterprises saw their added value grow 8.7 percent. Amid a better business environment, information and communications technologies played a bigger role in the economy during the first half of the year, with the volume of telecom business up、uh, nearly 26 percent. Innovations in 5G applications also developed faster in the first six months, covering sectors such as vehicles, healthcare, and smart cities. Pilot sites in Guangdong Province aiming to develop high-quality agriculture have been boosting the income of local farmers as they raise productivity. One of the sites, which opened in Huizhou last year, is a center for the production of premium-quality rice and aquaculture products. CRI's Wang Longyan has more. Li Weiting is one of the farmers in Huizhou who has partnered with Hainan Agriculture Company to raise fish in his rice paddy fields in between cropping seasons. He's currently raising around 300,000 fish on 40 hectares of land. Lee said the company provides the money to cover the cost of raising the fish, and they give him a base payment of 5,000 yuan a month. On top of that, the company gives him a 20% share of their profit from selling the fish. Before he partnered with Hainan Agriculture, he used to work the land by himself. It was hard work with low pay, but now he has a guaranteed income, and he was able to buy a car for his family. Li said that the success of the business stems from the company's modern management techniques. I prefer this management model because the land is always looked after. When the rice has been harvested, we pump water into the fields to raise the fish. After the autumn harvest, we can still raise fish in the winter. This model of farm management, which combines planting and aquaculture, not only has an economic benefit, it also improves the, the environmental sustainability of the farms. As well as rice and fish, ducks, frogs, and turtles are some of the other animals that can be raised in this kind of aquaculture farm. The leftovers from the rice crop provide an abundant natural source of food for the animals, along with a good habitat. And the animals help to clear weeds and pests from paddy fields, and their waste fertilizes the soil for the next crop of rice. As well as paddy farming, the farm also grows guava, and under the guava trees live flocks of ducks and geese. Zhong Zhenfang is the chairman of Hainan Agriculture. He said, "This new model of farming brings in double the income of traditional single-crop farming." 
Paddy fields used to be high yielding, but now we generally control it to within 350 kilograms. The purchase price of paddy rice is now six yuan per kilogram. If we have two harvests a year, then the output is 700 kilograms. That is our income from rice. It's actually more profitable to raise fish. You can raise 100 kilograms of yellow croaker three times a year in a 600. 67 square meter field. Now the market purchase price is no less than 40 yuan per kilogram. We also grow fruit in the paddy fields, so in total we can earn 10,000 yuan. After spending many years working with many domestic agricultural research institutes, Hainan Agriculture set up its own research institutes in 2017. Lu Huazhong is the president of the Guangdong Academy of Agricultural Sciences. He's also the leading member of their research team. A modern agricultural industrial park pays attention to the integration of primary, secondary, and tertiary industries. The primary industry is planting, which is based on organic rice production and efficient production model. This technology was mastered by Hainan Agriculture with our help. The secondary industry is processing. In addition to rice processing, there are other byproducts which we help them to develop. As for the tertiary industries, they combine agriculture with tourism, turning rice fields into parks. Hainan Agriculture began incorporating tourism into its business model in November 2017. So far, more than 300,000 tourists have visited their fields. Guangdong Province plans to launch 150 modern agricultural parks in three years, with the goal of raising the quality of the local agriculture industry. A hundred sites have already been chosen. For CRI, this is Wang Longyan. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, 60 minutes of comprehensive news, your window on China and the world. We're at 18 minutes past the hour. The U.S. Senate's confirmed Army Secretary Mark Esper to be Secretary of Defense, ending the longest period by far that the Pentagon's been without a permanent top official. 55-year-old Esper was a former soldier and lobbyist for weapons maker Raytheon. He'll be President Donald Trump's second confirmed leader of the Pentagon. Esper received strong bipartisan support despite some sharp questioning about his ties to Raytheon and his refusal to extend an ethics commitment that he signed in 2017 to avoid decisions involving that company.、Uh, John Thune is the Senate Majority Whip. During his confirmation hearing, Dr. Esper revealed his clear understanding of what needs to be done on the national security front. Madam President, I am confident that Dr. Esper will be an outstanding Secretary of Defense, and I look forward to supporting his nomination later today. There's been no confirmed Defense Secretary since Jim Mattis resigned in December over policy differences with Trump. U.S. President Donald Trump is threatening to slap tariffs and other penalties on Guatemala. His statement came after the Central American Nations High Court blocked its government from inking a deal with the U.S., which will reportedly declare Guatemala as a safe third country to take in more asylum seekers. Do you ever see these people? They fly their flag. They come up from Guatemala, who, by the way, went back on their word to us. They were all set to sign a safe third agreement, and then today. Or yesterday they announced they can't do it because they got a Supreme Court ruling. Their Supreme Court, right? They got us. In other words, they didn't want to sign it. So, 
They're supposed to sign what's called a safe third. That's a good thing for us, okay? That's all I have to tell you. And they went back. So we're going to do either tariffs or we're going to do a form of tax or we're going to use our ban. You know, we people don't realize uh, we won the ban. Guatemala's high court ruled earlier this month that uh, President Jimmy Morales could not sign the agreement without the parliament's approval. Morales canceled a a planned summit with Trump after that ruling. India's denied U.S. President Trump's claim that Prime Minister Narendra Modi asked him to mediate its dispute with Pakistan over the Kashmir issue. External Affairs Minister Subra Maniam Jaishankar. We heard remarks by President Donald Trump in a meeting uh, with Prime Minister Imran Khan of Pakistan to the press that he is ready to mediate if requested by India and Pakistan on Kashmir issue. I would like to categorically assure the House that no such request has been made by the Prime Minister to the U.S. I repeat, I repeat, no such request was made by the Prime Minister to the U.S. President. I would also reiterate that it has been India's consistent position that all outstanding issues with Pakistan are discussed only bilaterally. The statement was issued after Trump claimed that India sought his help in resolving the Kashmir dispute with Pakistan. The U.S. president reportedly offered to be the mediator on the Kashmir issue following his meeting with visiting Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan in Washington, D.C. India and Pakistan have fought two wars over that territory. Power has been restored across much of Venezuela following a blackout that struck a day earlier. Authorities confirmed that power has been restored in the capital and at least five of the country's 23 states, with partial power in a further four states. The outage hit on Monday afternoon, halting the Caracas metro and snarling traffic at rush hour. Officials have blamed an electromagnetic attack against the nation's hydroelectric system, while opponents say years of mismanagement and corruption left the grid vulnerable to failure. It follows an outage in March that left millions of Venezuelans without water or phones for nearly a week. Kenyan Finance Minister Henry Rodich has pleaded not guilty to corruption charges over the awarding of two dam tenders. Rodich was due to be freed on bail after his lawyers argued that he was not a flight risk. He was accused alongside other senior officials of conspiring to defraud the public, among other charges, having spent the night in a police cell. George Kanadi is the director of criminal investigations. We are fighting corruption, but it's really fighting hard, and it can establish itself. Oh, it has very big loot uh-huh. and very well entrenched. You look left, right and center, you cannot even make a move. Wow. But we are trying our ever best. The chief magistrate granted him bail on a cash surety of around $145,000 and ordered Rodich to visit his office only under supervision, calling it a crime scene. 20 other officials also pleaded not guilty. 28 officials have been accused of conspiring to defraud the public. The case stems from an investigation into the misuse of funds in two dam projects, which were budgeted at around $450 million, but the Treasury borrowed $63 billion instead. A satellite station in Britain is to provide communication services for future missions to Mars. Around 10 million pounds are being invested to upgrade that station in Cornwall. CRI reporter Guanghao has more. 
The Gunheili Earth Station was once the world's largest satellite Earth station. Now it's about to become a major part of the future of space exploration, including missions to Mars. It will become Britain's first deep space satellite base station. A goal scientists say they can achieve in the next five years. Ian Jones is the CEO of the Earth Station. Well, there's、uh, a lot of changes in the space industry at the moment.、There's、a lot of excitement,、uh, new exploration happening, new missions to the moon and Mars, and we're going to be the first private company to be providing the communication services for those missions. Around 10 million British pounds are being invested to upgrade Gwynhelly's biggest antenna to enable deep space communication. Gwynhelly has also opened a new data center to process data for future space missions. Chris Roberts is the head of the data center. It's going to bring more businesses here. It's going to enable us to build out this hub, and ultimately, that means more money for Cornwall. It means more jobs for the Cornish people, and helps us become that real hub for innovation and tech、uh, in the southwest. More than 30 antenna at the station are already communicating with satellites orbiting the Earth, receiving signals ranging from television programs to weather data. By 2021, satellites are due to be launched into space from this part of Britain using a special Boeing 747 launch platform being developed by Virgin Orbit, the satellite arm of Virgin Atlantic. Virgin Orbit is now building its launch site at Newquay Airport on Cornwall's north coast. Dan Hart is the chief executive of Virgin Orbit. We've been working together for, gosh, almost two years now, and between、uh, Cornwall Council and the UK Space Agency, with the idea of bringing launch capability、uh, to Britain. And so, given that we're an air launch system and we're very portable, we've got the ability to very easily move over,、um, and、uh, we're very excited about launching out of Cornwall. Virgin is one of a number of companies working with Cornwall Spaceport. Today, Gwynhilly Earth Station has already found a place in the history books. Its Earth antenna received the very first images of the Apollo moon landing from NASA, which were then beamed across Europe. For CRI, this is Guanghao. At 26 minutes past the hour now, Indonesia says the famous Komodo Island will be closed to the public for one year, starting on the first day of 2020. The move is to conserve the endangered Komodo dragon and its ecosystem. Official estimates、uh, say there are 1,700 of the world's largest species of lizard currently living on the island, which is part of the Komodo National Park. The deputy governor of East Nusa Tenggara Province says the park is located, or where the park is located, says the closure is limited to just one island in a bid to save the rare animal. Komodo ini harus diselamatkan. Komodo dragons must be saved, preserved, because there's one and only Komodo dragon island in the world. I always joke that even in heaven, there are no Komodo dragons. They exist only in Komodo National Park. Therefore, the main principle is how can we preserve Komodo dragon in its habitats? The area attracted over 176,000 global holidaymakers last year. Indonesia's move came after the Philippines' closure of its famous Boracay Island in April last year, and Thailand's indefinite closure of Maya Bay since June last year. 
a rare video of uncontacted members of Brazil's Awa Amazon tribe has emerged as activists warn of growing threats to this tribe from loggers who are nearing their traditional hunting ground. The video was taken in the northern state of Maranhão and shows a man holding a large knife and standing in the rainforest. He holds up the blade to his face before looking towards the person filming him. The video also shows spears amongst trees and bushes in the forest, uh, indicating other tribe members were also present. Official data shows deforestation in the world's largest tropical rainforest soared more than 88% in June, compared with the same month of last year. It's 28 minutes past the hour. Beijing today, cloudy skies and 36 Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 27. Chongqing will see a slight rain and 31 degrees, a low of 26. Lhasa will see a slight rain, 25 degrees, a low of, seven, or low of 13. Uh, in North America, Washington, D.C. will get a slight rain and 28 Celsius. In Africa, Nairobi is going to be overcast and 26 degrees. And finally to Oceania, Port Vila will have slight rain and 24 degrees Celsius. It's time for a short break here on the Beijing Hour, still to come. In business, innovations in China's pilot-free trade zones. In sports, 200-meter freestyle gold for China at the FINA World Championships. In entertainment, the opera The Grand Mansion Gate will be staged in Guangzhou later this month. Shane Bigham with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. Capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles, and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns, and cities. This is Selfie. This is Selfie. Giving you real-life stories in China. China, China, China. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigham with you on this Wednesday morning. Still to come, in business, China's topped the Fortune Global 500 list for the first time ever. In sports, Olympic officials say the 2020 Summer Games in Tokyo are on track as the one-year countdown of those games begins. In entertainment, a film inspired by American journalist Edgar Snow's book, Red Star Over China. Number of ways to contact us here at the Beijing Hour. You can send an email, beijinghour at cri.com.cn. Now check in the day's headline news. Premier Li Keqiang's wrapped up an inspection of Shanghai. During his trip on Monday and Tuesday, Li called on the city to make fresh achievements in opening up innovation and high-quality growth. He encouraged enterprises to take an active part in international market competition while urging the government to improve its services. Boris Johnson will be the next UK Prime Minister after a comfortable victory in the Conservative Party's leadership race. He says he's going to deliver Brexit while uniting the country. EU officials have sent congratulations to Johnson while reiterating their position that they won't renegotiate the Brexit deal his predecessor agreed with them on. U.S. President Donald Trump's threatening to slap tariffs and other penalties on Guatemala. His statement came after the Central American nation's high court blocked its government from inking a deal with the U.S., which would reportedly declare Guatemala a safe third country to take in more asylum seekers. Guatemala's high court ruled earlier in the month that President Jimmy Morales could not sign the agreement without the parliament's approval. Morales canceled a planned summit with Trump after that ruling. 
A diplomatic rouse broken out between Russia and South Korea over an alleged airspace intrusion. Seoul claimed a Russian reconnaissance plane violated its airspace twice on Tuesday, and South Korean fighter jets fired warning shots to drive it away. Uh, the mayor uh, Moscow has only admitted that two of uh, its bombers were flying over neutral waters, suggesting South Korean planes didn't fire any shots. 33 past the hour, turning to business news now, and we'll start with the closing numbers in North America and Europe. U.S. stocks rose on Tuesday as a batch of stronger-than-expected earnings lifted investor sentiment. Shares of Caterpillar jumped 2.1%, while Deer closed up 1.9%. Both hit their session highs on the report. Coca-Cola also reported better-than-expected earnings, sending its stock up 6%. More than 18% of S&P 500 companies have posted quarterly numbers this earnings season. Of those companies, more than 78% have reported better-than-expected profits. Now, Those companies have also seen their earnings grow by an aggregate of 3.6%. At the closing bell, the Dow and the S&P 500 both climbed by 0.7%. The Nasdaq advanced by 6 of a percent. European markets finished higher on Tuesday. A surge in automakers and strong earnings from Europe's banking heavyweights lifted the main stock's 600 index to its highest level in more than two weeks. French auto parts supplier Ferrisia jumped by 11.5%, while uh, Germany's Continental rose 6.3%. The European Central Bank is seen cutting rates by 10 basis points tomorrow, while with the U.S. Central Bank expected to lower rates by 25 basis points at the end of the month. Swiss lender UBS reported its best second quarter results in a decade, lifting its shares by 2.6%. Away from earnings, German carmaker Daimler rose 4.4% on news that China's BAIC bought a 5% stake in the company. At the closing bell, the UK's FTSE 100 uh, in London was up by 6 tenths of a percent. France's CAC 40 jumped 9 tenths of a percent, and Germany's DAX surged by 1.6%. Data from the Ministry of Commerce shows that more than 200 institutional innovations have been created, replicated, and shared nationwide since China launched its first pilot free trade zone six years ago. Analysts say those innovations, including the negative list, reflect the successful practices in addressing market concerns and constructing an open economy. The ministry also revealed that a third batch of 31 best practices in uh, the pilot FTZs will be rolled out. China established uh, the pilot FTZ in 2013 in Shanghai and currently has 12 nationwide. The country has decided to add six more pilot zones and expand the Shanghai zone. The number of Chinese companies on the Fortune Global 500 list has surpassed that of the U.S. for the first time. 129 Chinese companies made it on the list the, uh, this year's list, compared with 121 from the United States. Sinopec, China's largest oil and gas company, climbed to second place and is now only behind U.S. retail giant Walmart. The contribution of state-owned enterprises also rose, with SOEs representing 80.2% of Chinese companies on the list, or up from. 76.3% last year. With more on this, Sierra Sui spoke with John Ross, senior fellow with the Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies, Renmin University. So we see China has taken the top spot on the Fortune Global 500 list. Uh, Ten years ago, there were only 43 Chinese companies on the list. And of course, 20 years ago, there were just eight. So uh, how did China get to this point? Oh, it got there by having the fastest economic growth in the world. I mean, in real uh, terms of sales, 
what economist Corey called parity purchasing powers, China is already the largest economy in the world. It's not uh, not by um, current exchange rates, but in terms of real volume of sales, it's already the largest economy in the world. And therefore, that's reflected by the growth of um, its companies. It's a totally simple process. But when it comes to profitability, uh, Chinese companies seem to underperform uh, compared to uh, many global peers. Uh, they recorded on average a net margins of 5.3 percent,、uh, lagging behind the 7.7 percent、uh, of U.S. companies, and also the global average of 6.6 percent. So, why are Chinese companies trailing in this category? Well, the important thing to understand is that as a, when companies are still growing very rapidly, that their profitability can be lower because they carry out much higher investment.、Um, so that's one explanation of the situation. Secondly, the U.S. companies operate in very mature markets in which they've got the ability to、uh, build up their profit margins. So this is not a not a disparity that's greatly to be、um, worried about at all. And Chinese companies also accounted for 13 out of total 25 new entrants on, on the list, like Gui and Xiaomi, among the biggest new entrants. And Xiaomi is also the youngest company among the global 500. What does China need to do so domestic companies can continue to thrive and compete with their global world peers? It needs for its economy to grow quickly. I mean, Xiaomi's business model is very clear. It develop it delivers. A high-quality product, not quite as high quality as Apple. Would some people would say anyway? But it delivers it at a very, very much lower price, so it's a very much better value point proposition than is Apple. Therefore, it grows very rapidly in China. It also grows in developing economies, which are much more price sensitive. But it's no longer the case that China is supplying cheap goods. It's supplying good, very high value goods,、uh, and that will continue to be the case because the average income in China still. Continues to be considerably below that of the United States, and so therefore, there the U.S. companies and the Chinese companies are operating at different price points. Also, the Chinese companies, as yet, although they're internationalizing rapidly, are still not as internationalized as their American competitors. So, therefore, the, it's going to be really dependent upon the continued rapid growth of the Chinese economy, but. It, When the Chinese economy is growing at、uh, over six percent a year, the U.S. economy will be growing around slightly over two percent a year. This is going to continue to give advantages to Chinese companies. If we look over the next five years, the lead of China in the large companies will just increase. That's all. That's John Ross with the Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies, Renmin University, speaking with Sirai Sui. It's 39 minutes past the hour. Tianjin's reported the first batch of used commercial vehicles exported from China, having completed customs clearance. The 60 vehicles, with a total value of over 700,000 U.S. dollars, were set to be exported to Nigeria. China began pilot,、uh, piloting the secondhand automobile exporting business in May, with Beijing, Tianjin, Shanghai, and Guangdong among the first batch of pilot regions. The 28-year-old Chinese businessman who postponed a lunch with Warren Buffett this week is reportedly suspected of illegal funding and money laundering, as well as brokering prostitution and gambling activities. The lunch has since been cancelled.、Uh, Justin Soon's company Tron, a blockchain outfit, raised funds worth over 400 million yuan through an initial coin offering, a financing method that's been banned by Chinese authorities. A report says Tron also provides gambling apps in China. 
and those are illegal as well. A social networking app that soon founded called Paywa is suspected of providing channels for soliciting sex. Soon was set to have lunch with Buffett tomorrow after winning a charity auction with a record-breaking bid of nearly 4.6 million U.S. dollars last month. Soon earlier said that he was in hospital for kidney stones, and that's why the lunch was initially postponed. Chinese carmaker BAIC has bought a 5% stake in Daimler after Geely emerged as a potential rival by also taking a stake in the German automaker. The company says the investment shows that the two sides acknowledge the success of their long-term partnership and are optimistic about the prospects for their cooperation potential. BAIC has been Daimler's main partner in China for years, operating Mercedes-Benz factories in Beijing through Beijing-Benz Automotive. Last year, Geely bought a 9.7% stake in Daimler in a bid to forge an alliance to develop electric and self-driving cars. Currently, Geely is the largest shareholder in that German company. For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window on China and the world. 42 minutes past the hour, turning to sports now. We'll start with swimming. Triple Olympic champion Sun Young has won the men's 200-meter freestyle event at the FINA World Championships in South Korea. The 27-year-old clocked a minute and 45 seconds to get his second gold medal at these championships. Dana Rapsis of Lithuania completed the course first, but he was disqualified because of a false start. I think the luck came after I have done what I should do. After the 800-meter freestyle heats in the morning, my muscle is not in a good condition, and I'm the only one from the 800 freestyle event to compete in tonight's race. I want to use the races to stimulate myself and to improve myself. Tonight's result is my best for the past two years. I think my result and my spirits deserve respect from my rivals. Sun Young will hunt for his third gold medal of the championships in the men's 800-meter freestyle final. With 11 individual gold medals at the Worlds, he's become the second-highest world title holder. Michael Phelps of the United States leads that table with 15 golds. In the men's 100-meter backstroke, Xu Jiayu of China clinched the gold medal. He won the final in 52.4 seconds, followed by Evgeny Ryloff of Russia and uh, Mitchell. Larkin of Australia. It's incredible. I'm so nervous. I'm very excited to be the champion as I was under more pressure this time due to higher expectation on me. I really hope I can have an excellent result in these important international events, winning honor for my country and for myself. The 23-year-old Xu won his first 100-meter backstroke world title in Budapest two years ago after taking a silver medal in that event at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Yan Zabes reached the final of the men's 50-meter breaststroke event. He clocked in at 26.8 seconds to break the Asian record for the fourth time at the World Championships. On Monday, he took bronze in the men's 100-meter breaststroke. It's the first uh, medal for China in 21 years at that event. On the women's side, Chinese teenager Wang Jianjiehe won a bronze medal in the women's 1,500-meter freestyle. The 17-year-old clocked in at 15 minutes and 51 seconds to claim her first medal at the Worlds. She took a gold medal in last year's Asian Games at the same distance. Turning to football now, Chelsea managed to beat Barcelona 2-1 in a preseason friendly in Japan. Ross Barkley and Tammy Abraham each scored a goal to help Chelsea with that win. Chelsea head coach Frank Lampard. 
They're a determined group. They everything that's been after them, they've done and more. Um, and we've given them a lot of work, so they des deservedly now will get a couple of days off. But uh, I'm very happy. It's been good on pitch and off pitch in terms of uh, the game, particularly today. I saw quite a lot of signs from the work we've done, which is uh, which is really good for me. And uh, there's more work to do, but it's been a good trip. Barcelona will have another preseason friendly in Japan on Saturday. English Premier League champions Manchester City set to take on Kichi SC tonight in Hong Kong. They previously played for the Asia Trophy and defeated West Ham in Nanjing before they lost on penalties to the Wolves in Shanghai. Elsewhere, Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus are making preparations in Nanjing ahead of their international Champions Cup match against Inter Milan. Juventus head coach Maurizio Sarri. No, è chiaro che non è una partita of course, tomorrow's match is more than a friendly match. It's the Italian debris, so it's very important. We are in the pre-seasons, which means we are working on our fitness, and it's not in the best possible shape. We will try to make some improvements in the team, and we will try to continue in the way we played in the last 25 minutes in the second half in our last game. They're also into this match after going down to Tottenham Hotspur 3-2 in Singapore. An official with the International Olympic Committee says the delivery of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games remains firmly on track. Uh, John Coates is chairman of the IOC Coordination Commission. One year to go, all of the excitement is growing here. You've seen the unprecedented level of interest in ticket sales with 3.2 million sales having been tickets sold in the first phase. We've had uh, some... Over 200,000 people have applied for 80,000 volunteer positions. Um, you've had the contribution from people all over the country of close to 80,000 tonnes of used mobile phones and electronic devices for the production of the medals. And Coates made the remarks at an event marking the beginning of the one-year-to-go anniversary week. Well, today marks one year till the opening ceremony at the National Stadium, and organizers say they're on schedule for those summer games. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics will start July 25th and run until August 9th of next year. In tennis, Dominic Thiem from Austria has reached the second round of the European Open in Hamburg. The 25-year-old beat Pablo Cuevas of Argentina 6-3, 7-6. Thiem's 250th ATP Tour win in his career so far. Other action, Alexander Zverev of Germany defeated Chile's Nicolas Jari in straight sets 6-4, 6-2. And Fabio Fognini defeated qualifier Julian Lentz also in straight sets. In basketball, Chicago Bulls forward Thaddeus Young has been invited to participate in USA Basketball's training camp ahead of the upcoming World Cup in China. Young recently signed with the Bulls as a free agent. He averaged 12.6 points and 6.5 rebounds with the Indiana Pacers last season, his 12th in the NBA. Team USA has taken a blow after some key players announced they'd skip the World Cup, including Anthony Davis, James Harden, and Eric Gordon. Bradley Beal and Tobias Harris also announced their withdrawal from the U.S. team on Monday. Uh, the training camp will also be used to select finalists for the World Cup squad. It'll be held in Las Vegas between August 5th and 9th. In golf, new Open champion Shane Lowry is reflecting on his victory at Royal Portrush on the weekend when he won his first major title by six shots. The 32-year-old finished with a 15-under, 269 total. If I finish my career with one major, I'll still be a happy man. So I've got one now. Obviously, that doesn't mean that I'm not uh, ambitious and that I don't want to win more, but 
I know more than anyone uh, that they're hard win. You just look at the people that have won one. So um, I'm obviously very, very happy that I got the chance to win one, and I actually did. And yeah, uh, going forward, obviously Ryder Cups. You know, I've got FedEx Cup coming up, race to Dubai. So I've got I've got big tournaments coming up that I really, really want to win as well. Lowry became the fifth player from Northern Ireland to win a major in the past 11 years. Major League Baseball now early actions now underway. The highlights including uh, the Colorado Rockies at the Washington Nationals, the Cardinals at the Pirates, the Phillies at the Tigers, and the Boston Red Sox on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays. Also, the Atlanta Braves are in action at home against the Kansas City Royals. Starting minutes from now, the American uh, American League East leading New York Yankees are in action in Minnesota against the AL Central leading Twins. The Oakland Athletics currently occupying the second wildcard spot in the uh, American League are visiting the AL West leading Houston Astros. Later this morning, the Texas Rangers are on uh, uh, up against the Seattle Mariners and the LA Angels are against the LA Dodgers. Want to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions and culture. China Plus News Facebook page. Open your eyes to the real China. It's 50 minutes past the hour. In entertainment and culture, the Grand Mansion Gate, or Da Chaiman, a Peking opera adapted from a popular Chinese TV drama, will be staged at Guangzhou Opera House, Guangdong Province, on July 30th and 31st. The opera, created by Guo Baochang, premiered in Beijing in June of 2017. The original TV drama, The Grand Mansion Gate, tells of the Bai family in Beijing, an eminent household of traditional Chinese pharmacists, and their ups and downs through one of the most politically turbulent periods of modern Chinese history, spanning from the late Qing dynasty up until World War II. Aired in 2001, the TV drama was well-received by audiences and is among the most celebrated TV dramas in China. The Secret of China, a film inspired by American journalist Edgar Snow's book, Red Star Over China, is set to hit Chinese theaters August the 8th. Based on historical events in 1936, the movie tells of Snow venturing into a town in northern Shanxi province, then known as the Red Capital of China, where he interviewed Mao Zedong and other leaders of the Communist Party of China. The interviews, observations, and experiences that Snow compiled later became Red Star Over China, a best-selling book that introduced the CPC to the rest of the world. Starring Wang Pengkai and Kinan Hepi, The Secret of China was directed by Wang Jixing and produced by the Ome Film Group based in Chengdu. The Chinese version of My Bucket List is to be staged in Haidian Theatre in Beijing August 3rd, 4th, 6th, and 7th. In the musical, 19-year-old Liu Bao, who is seriously ill, hires his former classmate, Yang Xiaoyu, a rebellious, suicidal teenager, to help him complete his bucket list during his last days of life. By doing things written on the bucket list, like marrying his idol and giving a concert, the two teenagers get a deeper understanding of life and death. Adapted from a Korean musical of the same name, My Bucket List was regarded as a work helping teenagers to learn the meaning of life and in preventing suicide. While keeping the general structure of its original version, many Chinese jokes are carefully mixed into this new version. 
Various acrobatics troops from different parts of China are putting on a show for the 10th National Acrobatic Exhibition. The event, being held in Nanning, Guangxizhuang Autonomous Region, from July 17th through the 28th, is a reflection of China's top acrobatics performing standards. The performances combine acrobatics techniques and storytelling. The performance from Guangxi Acrobatics Performing Group Bai Niaoyi uh, re- recreates the historical scenes of the Zhuang ethnic group's first fresco creations. Uh, Zheng Hui is a stage director. This acrobatics performance can tell the story clearly, bring many acceptable highlights to the audiences, and reflect many highly challenging performing skills. People can actually feel that there are stories to tell by acrobatic arts. Well, the show includes six acrobatics dramas and 36 pure acrobatics techniques. They include various performing elements such as pole climbing and jujitsu. Leonardo DiCaprio says he and Brad Pitt implicitly knew how to play the relationship at the center of their new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Pitt plays a stuntman and an all-round gopher who works for and is casual friends with DiCaprio's character, a fading star who's looking for a new path in Hollywood in 1969. I think we both implicitly, having sort of grown up in Los Angeles, knew this kind of relationship dynamic of somebody working for you, but also them slowly becoming your family and 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 your therapist and everything because you know this it's a kind of isolating town and Mm -hmm. these guys are on the outskirts of it looking at a time that's sort of and a culture that has passed them by and they kind of only have each other margot robbie plays actress sharon tate a character who also represents a new hollywood ethos she represented the good parts and the innocence of that time and like what the best the best of what 1969 had to offer you kind of experience through sharon once upon a time in hollywood opens in u.s theaters on friday disney's california adventure park hosts guardians of the galaxy mission breakout while Jurassic World The Ride has just opened at Universal Studios Hollywood. Chris Pratt was joined at the launch of the new ride by his Jurassic World co-star Bryce Dallas Howard, who said the ride feels as realistic as the films. This ride is just like, it's it's so, 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 so fun because you feel like you're inside the movie. I mean, one of the best things about being in a Jurassic movie are the animatronic dinosaurs because when you're close to them, I mean, they you think you're around a dinosaur and like you get like goosebumps. Jurassic World 3 starts filming next spring in London. Director and co-writer Colin Trevorrow returns for the latest installment and says that he's almost finished with the script. All I can say is it's it's the movie I've been I've been waiting to make the whole time, and it's the movie we've been building to, and, and the one that we made two films to uh, to honestly make sense of and and uh, to earn. Uh, and it, you know, dinosaurs are going to have to coexist with humans in the world, and what's that going to look like? Jurassic World Three is scheduled for release on June eleventh of two thousand and twenty one. Singer and actress Jennifer Lopez turns 50 today. JLo's maintained that she always wanted to be active in both movies and music throughout her life, and her breakout film role uh, came when she played Selena Perez in the 1997 movie Selena. Lopez has starred in many rom-coms over her career, including 2001's The Wedding Planner opposite Matthew McConaughey and Made in Manhattan with Ralph Fiennes. Uh, JLo is currently on tour playing three dates at the American Airlines Arena in Miami on July 25th through the 27th. 
And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news this morning, Boris Johnson will be the next UK Prime Minister. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.